Now, what about all of the candidates out there who are trying to say that he did? Your Republican candidates that you want people well, to vote for? Well, I, you know, what about the people saying defund the police? You talk to them, I'll talk to that crowd. <laughs> I'm not going to answer what you just asked me. I'm just going to keep on talking about the things that I want to talk about. Why do we have such a problem at the border, Senator Sanders? Is because policy matters. Two million people will come across this country <laughs> illegally. Has he talked about this every single time? It doesn't matter what the topic is. You can be talking to him about anything. He's like, hey, can we talk about a little bit about string theory? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to you about string theory at the border. All right, time for some debate. Oh, I hope this is spicy. Bridge building set by Democratic Senator Ted Kennedy and Republican Senator Orrin Hatch. Passing some of the most important legislation of their times, such as the Americans with Disabilities Act, and clearly have very different views on the biggest issues facing the nation. For the next hour, we'll try to find common ground through constructive disagreement and search for the bipartisan compromise that has been the hallmark of the U.S. Senate for more than two centuries. In the first segment, the senators will get four minutes each to make opening statements, followed by timed responses and closing statements. They'll see these clocks you see on the screen and have agreed to keep to time. No buzzers, chimes. What uh, What's our predictions here? Do you think Bernie's going to go full debate, bro? Do you think there's going to be a bipartisan compromise, a reaching across the aisle? Today, you won't hear any of that. For the second segment, the senators will move to these desks for a moderated discussion of the biggest domestic issues the country faces today, including dealing with the U.S. economy. Their offices agreed to that topic last week before we... Bernie said he crashed that on an island. <laughs> Let me tell you about the coconuts. Yeah, they'll have to talk about how incest is more than neutral. I agree. Common debate bro tactics, you know. Senators, great to see you. Thank you. Here in the, this probably feels like home. This the is well awesome. of the Senate. Um, we agreed to do a coin toss. Okay. Very official. Uh, to start this off, uh, just to show you the coin. This is heads. This is the Statue of Liberty. Oh my God. And then on the back side. This is so American. <laughs> we got Lady Liberty on one side, and then 9-11 was bad on the other side. What side do you pick? Tails right here. Uh, Senator Sanders, you get to call it in the air since this is home field advantage Absolutely. for you. Um, all right. Heads. It is heads. Oh, Senator shit. Senator Sanders, you get to choose. Bernie. you go first or Senator Graham goes first? I'll go first. <laughs> nice Sanders, power the move. the floor is yours. Well, let me thank the Kennedy Institute for hosting the event, uh, Fox News for broadcasting it, and my colleague, Senator Graham, for being here with me. I am the longest-serving independent in the history of the United States Congress. So what I'm going to tell you today is not something that you hear very often on Fox or CNN or ABC or the Washington Post or, in fact, in the halls of Congress. What I'm going to tell you is that the working class and the middle class of this country are in serious trouble. 
We are moving toward an oligarchic form of society where a small number of billionaires not only have extraordinary wealth, they have extraordinary political power. We are living at a time when half of our people are living paycheck to paycheck in the wealthiest country on earth, when 70 million Americans have no health insurance or are underinsured, when we have a starvation minimum wage at the federal level of seven and a quarter an hour, where half of the elderly workers, older workers in this country, have nothing in the bank as they Spitting fire right now. fear retirement. What I believe is that now is the time not to defend the establishment, which is doing phenomenally well, when you have two people on top in America who own more wealth than the bottom 40%, two people, top 1% owns more wealth than the bottom 92%. CEOs of major corporations today are making 350 times more than their workers, and we have more income and wealth inequality than any time in American history. Now is the time for the American people to stand up, make it clear that enough is enough, and that we need a government that starts representing all of our people, not just wealthy campaign contributors. What does that mean? It means that we have to end a corrupt political system in which big money buys elections. It means that we have to end a very unfair tax system in which billions... Okay, I don't know what Lindsay's going to do in opposition to this. <laughs> like, what, what do you even respond to this kind of stuff with? Well, I just think capitalism is working out just fine for all of us, especially me. As in a given year, it'll pay a nickel in federal taxes. It means we have to raise the federal minimum wage to at least 15 bucks an hour. It means that we have to join every other major country on earth in understanding that healthcare is a human right, not he a said the thing, everyone. And stop spending twice as much per capita on healthcare to enrich the drug companies and the insurance companies. It means that Medicare is gonna have to negotiate prescription drug prices so that we can lower the cost of prescription drugs by 50%. It means that we cannot continue to be the only major country on earth not to have paid family and medical leave. It means that we have to restore the $300 tax credit so that we are not continuing to be a nation which has one of the highest rates of childhood poverty in the United States. It means that we have to expand Medicare to cover dental care, hearing aids, and eyeglasses so that elderly people in this country can live out their remaining years in dignity. And it means, among other things, that we cannot continue to ignore climate change, which is an existential uh, threat to this Thank planet. And obviously, given the tragedies that we have faced in the last month in terms of guns, we need serious and real gun safety legislation. Bottom line, let's create a government that works for all of us, not just the people on top. Thank you.
So Bernie has basically been saying the same messaging along these lines his entire career. There's some new parts. I really like at the very start of it how he kind of spoke to some of the key things that Fox News peddles in, talking about the elites, for example, but referring it to a oligarchical society of a corporate owning class. Uh, I think that's really important, and especially because if you are on Fox News, uh, and this is going to be broadcast nationally uh, in the U.S., it's very important to kind of hammer a lot of these points home, bring it all in. And now I'm sure Lindsey Graham is going to do a wonderful little American exceptionalism. Senator Graham. Well, thank you very much. Uh, This is an awesome place. If you get in Boston, come see the place. I want to thank, uh, we're here to honor Ted and Orrin. Ted Kennedy, Doran Hatcher were great friends. Oh, my God. Uh, they fought like tigers, but they could work together. And I have a different take on things than Bernie, and we'll get through that here in a minute. But I like Bernie. Bernie's own message. I hear this every day, all the time, and he believes it. But I just want to remind you that the Democrats are in charge. After hearing Bernie talk, you, you would believe we're building a wall to keep people in, not out. Things are tough, but they're going to get better, right? And socialism is not the answer to all these problems. So I just want to remind you a little bit about where we're at. The Democrats have the House, the Senate, and the White House. All these problems that were talked about, they could change or fix if they could. Their agenda is not working. So here's what I want to tell you. Vote Republican in 2022. Do your... Gotta say, I was uh, ready to uh, smash uh, uh, his opening statements. That's actually a kind of an effective strategy. It's a lot more effective than talking about uh, American exceptionalism. Self-a-favor. And ask yourself the following question. Am I better off today than I was two years ago? And if you are, you are in a world of hurt two years ago. Because most people are not better off today. And there's a reason. Policy matters. You know, we're all Americans. He loves his vision of America. I disagree with it, but I admire his, uh, his passion. But here's where we stand. 8.6% inflation. The highest in 40 years. When you go to the grocery store for $100, you're lucky if you get a bag. Go fill up your car. You got to take. I hope he pushes back on that because it's like it's ridiculous to like there's a lot of things you can blame Joe Biden for. But like blaming Joe Biden single handedly for inflation. A mortgage out to fill up your car. What's happened here? The policies that are being pursued by my Democratic colleagues are not working. The average American is in a world of hurt. Two million. What policies? You you can't talk about how on the one hand they have all this control but don't do anything about it. And so they haven't really done any legislation, which I can kind of agree with you there. And then on the other hand, be like, well, it's also all the policies that they've enacted that's leading to this incredible inflation we're experiencing. People will come across the border illegally this year. The highest in the history of the country. In December 2020, we had the lowest illegal immigrant crossings in 40 years. In April of this year, it was over 250,000. This is dangerous and it's irresponsible. And you're paying almost $800 a day to pay for an illegal immigrant child. There's the fear mongering. It's breaking the bank and it's just a matter of time to some terrorist comes over here and kills us all, if they could, because they don't see Bernie and I much different. We're Americans in their eyes. So we've got a broken border. We need to fix it. Crime is rampant. This defund the police effort that you've been leading and others has taken a toll. That barely happened. <laughs> it's like a couple of municipalities that like lowered the amount. There was no defunding of the police. Like Federally, the police budget increased. <laughs> I was picked up at the airport by a couple of cops, and they patted me on the back. I thought I was in South Carolina. The bottom line is it's a... Wait, what? True story. (laughs) Tough time to be a cop now. Who wants to go into law enforcement? It's time to let the cops know you're not the problem, the criminal's the problem. So we got a lot of problems. Vote Republican and stop this madness. This is the most radical, costly agenda in modern American history. It's not working for you, and it needs to change. And they want to do more if they could. Vote Republican to stop packing the Supreme Court. We've worked hard to create a conservative majority. Y'all packed the Supreme Court. It's like one of Trump's biggest legacies. 
They want to increase the number of people on the Supreme Court to make it liberal again. They want to federalize elections, doing away with the voter IDs and instituting ballot harvesting. They want to abolish the Electoral College so New York and California will pick the president in perpetuity. Bottom line, it can be better. In 2019, we had the lowest poverty rate in modern history. African-American families before COVID were having the highest income in the history of following statistics. Women were doing better. We had a secure border. Gonna need some Arab and Israelis were working together. We had a country that was moving in the right direction. We had low gas prices and jobs were abundant. And along come COVID. We can get back to that pre-COVID America, but you're never gonna get back unless you change leadership in this country in 2022. Senator Sanders, your response? Just one thing as a matter of fact, I never called for the defunding of the police. I stand corrected. What I do believe in is former mayor, as a matter of fact, who worked very well with our police department, is we need community-based policing that reflects the people in those communities, that we have to fight racism in every way that we can. But I've never called for defunding the police. Now, it's interesting to hear Senator Graham speaks because other than the partisan rhetoric, what you don't hear him talking about are in fact the most important issues facing this country. That's what the establishment does. And Lindsay is a very good and effective representative of the establishment. Does Lindsay have a concern that we are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people? That some 60,000 people a year die because they don't get to a doctor on time? I didn't, I didn't hear much about that in that opening statement. Lindsay Kerr. Okay, this is good. Go on the offensive. Don't do this whole, like, I really respect my colleague over here. I have nothing but respect for all of the stuff that he's done in his political career. Like, fuck all that noise. We have the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs, and that the pharmaceutical industry right now has 1,500 paid lobbyists in Washington, D.C., to make sure that in some cases we pay 10 times more for the medicine that we need. Did Lindsay talk about the fact that we have in South Carolina and all over this country tens of millions of workers working for starvation wages? Did he talk about a corrupt political system in which billionaires today can start a super PAC? And I guess you have some familiarity with super PACs. They help fund your campaign. (laughs) Who can spend unlimited amounts of money to elect candidates. You have the absurd situation where super PACs and frequently spend more money than the candidates themselves. I didn't hear Lindsay talk about the crisis of climate change or the reality that scientists are telling us. It's not Bernie Sanders, Lindsay. This is what the best scientists in the world are telling us. We don't get our act. Oh, yeah. No, he's never going to talk about climate change outside of like maybe we need to just extract more oil because that'll solve the problems. Together. The planet, we're going to be leaving our kids and future generations will becoming increasingly uninhabitable. Talking about great cities like Charleston, South Carolina, you're aware of that. Neighborhoods flooding. There are people who are thinking that not only Charleston, but Miami, New York City, will be half underwater by the end of the century. You gotta talk about that. You gotta talk about income and wealth inequality. Do you have a concern that two people own more wealth than the bottom 42%? Do you have a concern in terms of corporate concentration of ownership? You got three Wall Street firms now, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, who control $20 trillion in assets. 
They control hundreds and hundreds of corporations throughout this country. Not to mention buying up property like no one's business. Bottom line is we are moving toward oligarchy. And if we don't stand up and say that we need a government that represents working people and the middle class, I worry very much about the future of this country. And I hope you'll speak to some of those issues. Well, I'll be glad to speak to my campaign. <laughs> I raised $112 million. <laughs> I'm not really going to address anything that you just said, but I am going to talk about myself for a little bit now that I have the floor. Thank you very much. <laughs> the average donation was about 40 bucks. LindsayGraham.com. The bottom line is. Oh, fucking shameless. Fucking shameless. Holy shit. Damn. I mean, I guess we all got to learn a thing or two, eh? I, I don't think I'd be in the middle of a televised debate being like, hey, by the way, everyone, you should check out the TV if you wanted to watch some good live streams. Anyways, I digress. Talking about the economy. The America that we all America. seek to achieve, where everybody can do well, is not going to happen unless things change. You haven't called for defunding the police. Will you do me a favor and say publicly today, those who are calling for defunding the police, stop. Because you're hurting the country. It's people in your third party, the liberal wing, I don't know what you call these folks, but they believe the cops are the problem. You say you've never done it, but people in your party are doing it all the time. At the end of the day, I believe climate change is real, but that's no reason to destroy the fossil fuel industry in this country. We're moving to electric cars, but that's going to be 2034, 2035. Your party has made us miserable when it comes to filling up our tank. Your party took 10 million. How, how, I mean, you can put forth a real argument here. Maybe say something like uh, Joe Biden isn't using the strategic reserves, that that could be something you could propose. But the fact that you're not blaming any of this on, I don't know, OPEC plus maybe would be a place to look. Acres out of production. You close the ability to produce oil and gas in Anwar and you wonder why it costs so much to fill up your car. What the hell's happened in the last two years? Their policies. You think this is an accident? I'd like to lower health care costs, but I'm not going to take away your private coverage. <laughs> Senator Sanders has a bill called Medicare for All. Bring I'm, it to the floor. I'm not going to go after the insurance companies. I'm begging you to take Medicare for All and bring it to the floor of the Senate, which looks just like this and let's vote. The reason it won't pass is because you're going to take private health care away from 200 million Americans, put us all under the government umbrella. It's going to cost umbrella. about $40 trillion. <laughs> so basically, you pores. Uh, I'm sure you prefer if your uh, health care insurance comes from a private corporation that cares about you. They really care about you. So let's just keep that going, you know. Let's keep spending more money than any other developed nation and, and keep saying uh, that uh, this is a working program because we get much worse results. In 2034, we'll be... I mean, let's be real. If they brought it to the floor, obviously it would not pass through the Senate because of people like Lindsey Graham or the entire Republican Party who would be like, no. And then even a couple Democrats who would also be like, nah. ...ending as much to maintain Medicare for all as we do for the entire federal government today. And people will have less. You get what the government gives you when they're ready to give it to you. So this idea of Medicare for all destroys private sector health care, and that is not the answer. Immig Again, hey, everyone, I'm in Canada. Uh, when I have a medical concern of any kind, I go and walk into a walk-in clinic. I wait anywhere between 20 minutes to an hour, and then I am seen by a doctor. And then I walk out, and there's no bill. That's, that's the process here. That's, that's what happens.
Does, doesn't that sound neat? Don't you want that? Talk to British people. Very similar. When are you going to fix the border? Y'all are in charge for two years. We've been telling you what you're doing doesn't work. I know you don't like Trump, but Trump got it right when it came to remain in Mexico. His policies secured our border. He's not addressing You've anything Bernie Sanders talked about. We're having more people come here illegally than exist in the state of Vermont. How easy would it be for some terrorist group to get into the middle of this human chaos? <laughs> so I would ask you to focus on lowering gas prices, securing the border, and bringing law and order back to America. And the only way you're going to do that, Senator Sanders, is abandon the agenda that you've charted for America. Why did he agree to this? He's so fucking bad. It is not working. Well, let's talk about gas prices, because you're right. They are outrageously high in Vermont. They're now filled up the other day, $5.05 a gallon. Meanwhile, the major oil companies made $35 billion in profit in the first quarter of this year. And at the end of the year, it is estimated they're going to give $88 billion in stock buybacks to their wealthy shareholders. So I do think we have to do something about the outrageously high price of gas. I think the president should bring the major oil companies in and tell them we're going to have a windfall profits tax on what they're doing in order to stop them from ripping off the American people. Wow, what a striking difference. Here's a policy that I'm actually going to recommend rather than just talking nonsense about like fear mongering and, you know, those scary immigrants who are going to come over here and potentially do terrorist attacks. You know, the last time that oil prices were at $118 a barrel, which is what they are right now, roughly speaking, average gasoline prices at the pump were $3.83, not over $5 a gallon. So I think in the midst of what is going on in this world, and that is the war in Ukraine and Russia oil and the stopping of oil, I think what the oil companies are doing is taking advantage of that situation and raising prices to an outrageous level, which is hurting the American working family. But the issue goes beyond oil. The issue goes to healthcare. You talked about the cost of healthcare. I am sure you know that in the United States, Lindsay, we spend twice as much per capita on healthcare as do the people of any other country. While major countries like Canada, the UK, Germany manage to provide healthcare to all of their people. Why is that? Because they're not having oil companies, they're not having insurance companies ripping off Ooh, the system. There. It's okay. It's okay. It's on point. What we need to do right now is to take a deep breath, because this country, in fact, Lindsey Graham is right, we're in a lot of deep hurt. All over this country, Vermont, South Carolina, all over this country, people are hurting. But what we don't need right now is demagoguery. What we need is thoughtful True. solutions to the major crises that we face. And ultimately, at the end of the day, what we need is a government that represents all of us and not just wealthy, powerful, special interests. 
So that is what I am working on. What I believe, you know, you talk about will Medicare pass on the floor of the Senate tomorrow? No, it will not. But the real question is not whether it passes or not, it's what the American people want. And you know what the American people do want? They do want Medicare for all. You talk about the joys and beauties of private insurance. Talk to the millions of workers who lost their private insurance during COVID. So I think it is time for the working families of this country to stand up, demand a government represents all, not just the few. So I'm calling on Senator Schumer to bring Medicare for all to the floor of the Senate sooner rather than later so we can vote on it. Because if the American... This is so ridiculous. So we can all vote. We know you're all going to vote no. We get it. You, you'll even get a Democrat or two who's like, ah, oh, Joe Manchin here. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just not in the way I really want it to be. Thank you for all the money, private insurance companies. And people want it. And those people who vote against it should lose their job. That's the way it works. So in terms of your proposal for Medicare for all, I am challenging you and your party who run the Senate to blame it, bring it to the floor for a vote. And we'll see where the votes are. Now let's go back to gas prices. How did we go from energy independence to where we are now? Policy matters. During the campaign in 2020, President Biden and Senator Sanders campaigned against eliminating fossil fuels as we know it in America. Basically, shut it down, no fracking, shut down production. Let me tell you about oil prices. Supply demand. It was $2.38 a gallon, price of gasoline, before COVID hit. We went into lockdown because we had to. It went to $1.77. Now, nobody was saying give the oil companies a subsidy when it was $1.77. When Biden came into office, it went back to $2.38. What's happened between then and now? The policies you pursued in terms of energy production. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been the policies. It might be all those policies that Biden passed. I remember him passing the gas tax hike act. There was that. Yeah, that definitely hurt everything. Could also be the war that took place and the fact that there's all this corporate interest and greed and suddenly hiking up their prices because they can. I don't know if we're ever going to discuss OPEC plus, but, you know, Russia joined. That's another thing. Has decreased production in the United States in a very dramatic way. You took all leases off the table, $45 billion tax on energy production. You shut down the Keystone pipeline. Hell yeah. You took the $10 million, uh, 10 billion acres that Trump put oh, into production, so out business. of production, and you're wondering what happened to gas prices. What happened to gas prices, you declared war on fossil fuels in the United States, and when you go to the pump, you're a victim of that war. Let's change that. Let's get back to a rational energy policy. Let's send American More. gas to Europe More. so we'll be less reliant on Russian gas. Let's cut Putin off at the knees. Let's find alternatives. <laughs> to Putin is making so much more money from gas sales from this. <laughs> How are you going to cut him at the knees? Oil and gas. <laughs> it's not the oil companies. Like the cost of a barrel skyrocketing. That are driving these prices. They want to produce more. They just can't. It's not Russia. It's 8% of the oil we use. It is the policies of this administration. The stated goal of this administration is to destroy fossil fuel production in America, and they're on track to do that. And folks, if you want to lower gas and oil prices, vote Republican to see if we can find a few Democrats will go back to increase production in America. 
Oh, you definitely will. Again, most likely Joe Manchin. You, you already got him. You, you know, he's a dino uh, of the highest order. Um, maybe you should be talking about nationalizing the oil industries in America. Instead of a lot of the profits going to private corporations, they can go towards the taxpayers. They can offset the cost of a lot of things, such as the development of clean energy programs as well, stuff that is desperately needed at this time. America, so that we can lower gas prices in a way that works. All I can tell you is in terms of getting sick in America, more people come to America for health care than they go anywhere else. To our doctors and nurses who've been through hell out there, God bless you. Senator Sanders, four minutes for a closing statement. Isn't some portion of Canadian energy nationalized? Our oil industry used to be completely nationalized. And then a uh, conservative government came in and decided, hey, we have to let the free market handle this one. It'll be better if private corporations uh, do the majority of the energy extraction in this country. Don't worry. It'll, it'll not have any further problems down the road. That, that never happens. Here in this section one. Um, Senator Graham talks about the need for more oil production. And that's just what the oil companies really want to do. Really? This year, <laughs> they plan to provide really? $88 billion, not for new oil production, but for stock buybacks that go to the wealthiest people in the country, people who own their shares. As a nation, I think the time is very long overdue for us to have the courage to do something which is not easy. And that is to take on the people who contribute to Senator Graham's campaign and to Democratic campaigns. To tell the people on top who during this pandemic, this terrible pandemic, which took a million lives, where millions of people are suffering with long COVID, where, as Lindsay says, our doctors and nurses performed absolutely heroically. And during that period, you know what else happened? The billionaires in this country saw a $2 trillion increase in their wealth. That's the people who own the oil companies, the people who own the insurance companies, people who own the drug companies, people who own the major Wall Street firms. So the challenge that we face right now is the kind of envision the society we want for our kids and our grandchildren. Do we think that as a nation, all people are entitled to health care? I do. Is that a radical idea? No. It exists 50 miles away from where I live in Canada, which spends half as much on health care, but guarantees health care to all people. It exists virtually in every major country. Not a radical idea. Is it a radical idea to negotiate prescription drug prices, that Medicare negotiate prescription drug prices? Of course, it's not a radical idea. Why aren't we doing it? Because the pharmaceutical industry has endless amounts of money to buy politicians, to lobby, and to make campaign. All of these industries do. That's why when he talks about, like, you know, the descent towards an oligarchy, that's one of the problems. If you have all these monstrously huge corporations that are massively wealthy, they have all this accumulated wealth, and they can influence politics in ways that everyday citizens have a lot more trouble doing so. So if you have insurance companies, you have oil companies, you have pharmaceutical companies, they have millions and millions of dollars spent on lobbying, lobbying politicians like Lindsey Graham to make sure he gets on point every single time he goes in front of a podium and talks about how he doesn't really want to talk about going after these corporations, going after all these billionaires. After all, they're just living the American. 
American dream. We got to talk about securing our borders. The real danger's coming in uh, from those dirty Mexicans, I tells you. They're going to get into our country and they're going to do all kinds of terrorism. So we got to secure those borders. And that's the only thing that's important to the American people. Contributions. Is it a radical idea to say that every kid in this country, no matter where they live, has the right to get a higher education? I don't think so. Other countries around the world already do that. You go to many European countries, do you know how much it costs to go to medical school? Virtually nothing. So I happen to believe that- That's wild, by the way. I'm jealous of that. When I was talking to people in Denmark and they were just straight up like, oh yeah, when you want to go to university uh, and become a doctor, uh, the government actually pays you. And I was like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, yeah, the school is free. And then they give you like a stipend so that you have living expenses. Uh, so you have a certain amount of money per month to go to, to it's because it encourages more people to go into those fields and, uh, you know, hopefully give us more doctors and uh, other, uh, you know, executive professionals in that uh, arena and stuff like that. Clean and you're up your like, room. what the hell? I, sh I didn't know such things were possible. This is wild. Uh, Netrunner, thank you. We should make public colleges and universities tuition free. Let's deal with the issue of guns. And we are in a chamber today named after Ted Kennedy, whose two brothers, John and Bobby, were gunned down. And that is, the time is again long overdue for the people of this country. And I think the people are prepared to do it. The question is whether the Congress is prepared to do that, to stand up to the power of the NRA and pass real gun reform legislation. Now, we've seen some progress in recent weeks. We'll see how that plays out. A modest step forward. But we have got to go further. Are we comfortable living in a nation where anybody can walk into a gun store today and come out with an AR-15, which is designed to... <laughs> what was that face? What is Lindsey Graham doing here? <laughs> I don't even know where I am. <laughs> AR-15, which is designed to mow down people in a military fashion. Are we designed with people able to buy high-capacity ammunition magazines? Are we satisfied with the situation where somebody can go to a gun show and not have a background check? So the time now is for the sake of our children, for the sake of all of us, to pass serious gun safety legislation and have the courage to stand up to the NRE. The bottom line is, you know, Lindsay talks about votes in the Senate, and he's right. Senate and the House are pretty conservative institutions. Poll after poll show they are not representing where the American people are. Our job is to create a government and elected officials who are prepared to stand up against wealthy campaign contributors and fight for ordinary Americans. Thanks. Thank you. I so want to remind you again. <laughs> okay, now hit him with the chair and call him a beta male. That's coming up. Uh, that's probably going to be in round two. And that your government is run by Democrats. Now, that doesn't mean that we've got all the answers Republicans, but I find this astonishing that the people in charge of your government are not going to vote on things that Bernie thinks will fix the problem. Why? Because they don't want to vote on these ideas because they won't fix the problem. So here, here's the point. If you want things to change, you've got to get new people in Washington to run the place because the answer to America's problems Senator Sanders is not more socialism. Your own message. What time is it? It's time to raise. Wait, more? Wait, what, what socialism already exists in America? Oh, are you talking about corporate socialism? Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a ton of that. Okay, I, I'm with you there, Lindsay. Taxes on the rich. Your completely own message 
Why do we have such a problem at the border, Senator Sanders? It's because policy matters. Two million Back people the will come across this country <laughs> illegally. Has he talked about this every single time? It doesn't matter what the topic is. You can be talking to him about anything. He's like, hey, can we talk about a little bit about string theory? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to you about string theory at the border. Only God knows how many we will miss. It's a complete accident waiting to happen down there. We went from having a secure border, having Mexico work with us, we changed our laws so we could have control, and it's all gone away. Folks, if you don't change who's running Washington, the worst is yet to come when it comes to illegal immigration. Gas prices. The reason gas prices are so high is because the policies they've imposed are not working for you. This is a painful transition, as described with President Biden. Their goal is to drive fossil fuels into extinction in the United States. We're talking about getting Iran to produce more gas, Venezuela to produce more gas, the Arabs to produce more gas, to lower prices here. We should be producing more oil and gas here. And when you say it's the oil company's fault, bull. They're bull. the business. The reason they're not producing more is because it's impossible to pr produce more <laughs> under this administration. <laughs> so that's not what Bernie was accusing them of. He was saying that they were spending huge amounts of profits on stock buybacks. And that seems to be a very big problem. Rather than, I don't know, things that could actually help people in this arena. It's, it's Rather than giving any of that money back to their actual workers too. N none of that. It's just like they're, the corporate greed behind this is the problem. I'm going to explain it to you. Here's how. And he's like, they just don't let them drill plus the border and if bernie was in charge and people like him it'd get worse not better all i can say is that gas prices are going through the roof and nothing's going to change until you change washington now i don't expect to fix many of these problems uh, I wish we'd stand up more to Graham's rhetoric with some truth bombs, break through the standard framework and get some facts onto the atmosphere. But you have to understand, Bernie's appealing right now to the Fox News crowd, right? So the Fox News crowd, if you sit there and then you sit and you stand up, he's like, I just want to explain to every single one of you, we don't actually have any form of socialism in the United States. Socialism is actually in relation to workers owning the means of production, saying like, and we can talk about how there's some worker, like none of that is going to resonate with anyone. That's why Bernie is specifically trying to be like, hey, by the way, here are the talking points that a lot of you use. You talk about the elites, you talk about all this kind of stuff, you uh, seem to hate BlackRock for one reason or another, but not for the reasons you should. Well, fine. I'm going to mention BlackRock. I'm going to mention the elites, but I'm going to talk about how this is an actual oligarchical problem in the United States that you have rule by the very uh, wealthy. And that's something we need to discuss, right? Keep flipping it back on them. Alums with Bernie, I'll try. But there are plenty of Democrats up there who I think would have a phased in approach to energy production. We went from being energy independent to having to mortgage your house to fill up your car. How the hell did that happen? It happened because of policy. You got a chance to fix this, American people, and I would ask you to fix it. Put Republicans in charge of the House and the Senate to stop this craziness and see if we can find a path forward from 22 to 24 to get things back to more normal. People out there, Senator Sanders, are living in hell. $600 a month due to inflation, and wages are not going up. America deserves better than this. 
We can do better than this. Wages are not going up, so you are fine with raising the federal minimum wage from seven twenty-five an hour? Is that, is that going to be something that... Uh, you should challenge him on that, actually. I would take that and do the same thing he's doing to you. Be like, all right, so if I brought something to the Senate that is going to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, would you vote on it, Lindsay? Can I get you on record right now saying you would be the sole Republican to vote for that? And then, of course, you'd be like, I don't want to talk about whether I'd vote on that. I want to talk about the border and how you're letting all the terrorists inside. Yes. But the path charted uh, by Senator Sanders Zeden, thank you for the is full-on socialism. Full-on socialism. <laughs> that was a great Bernie Sanders laugh right there. <laughs> Man, if a single freeze frame could say a thousand words. Beautiful. I love it. Full-on socialism. Well, it, it's, it's achieved, everyone. I didn't know it, but America's... A full-on socialist state. It's wild. The times. Full-on, unequivocal socialism. <laughs> Doubling down. Full-on, unequivocal, unabashed socialism. Cradle to grave. Cradle to That's grave. That's not going to fix America. We are not a socialist oh. nation. Only in there America. There is a better way. Hey, what up, Jeff? Everyone go to the twitch.tv slash Jeff underscore Waldorf. And I'll promise you this. If I'm chairman of any committee, particularly the budget committee, if we take over, I will sit down with Democrats and Republicans to find a way to fix our national debt, which is appalling. Something like Simpson Bowles, not socialism. Senators, thank you. That is the end of segment one, uh, if you will. Uh, I would say hard win for Bernie there. No question. On to segment two. Begin. You all talked a lot about gas prices. That is front of mind for most Americans because they see it every day. Uh, they're going up. They're on the rise. Some of the highest we've seen uh, as of yet. Senator Sanders, President Biden has said recently that this is, and Senator Graham mentioned it, part of a giant transition for the U.S. economy. Uh, is pain at the pump part of that transition to a greener economy. Well, let me say this, that in terms of inflation, as I'm sure you know, we're looking at, it, we're looking at an international phenomenon. Germany is the powerhouse of Europe. Their inflation rate, I believe, is 7.8%. UK, somewhat similar. We're a little bit higher than that. So what we're looking at right now for a variety of reasons, including COVID uh, and breaking of supply chains uh, having to do with China and elsewhere. Uh, and I think the greed of corporate America, you add all that stuff together, uh, we're looking at inflation. Now, what I happen to believe, Brett, I think it is totally irresponsible for us to ignore what scientists call the existential threat to climate change. I think we're going to go forward in two ways. I think we can create millions of jobs transforming our energy system away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. And I think at the same time, I think the president has got to call those oil companies, those executives into the Oval Office and say, stop ripping off the American people. You can make some money, but you don't have to see a tripling of your profits over last year. You don't have to see $35 billion in profit in one quarter. So we are in that bind where you have to deal with climate change or Charleston is going to be underwater. New York City will be underwater. 
On the other hand, we have got to protect the average American who cannot afford to pay five bucks for a gallon of gas. That's the dilemma, and that's the way we've got to go forward. Senator Graham, to Senator Sanders' point, is there some corporate greed and profiteering that factors in there? Can You you said it was bull up there, but um, do you think there's That's any no. part of that, to Senator Sanders' point? Thank you. I, I think it's supply and demand. I mean, when <laughs> we were locked down right after COVID hit in 2020, we all went into a lockdown. Gas went to $1.77 a gallon because all of us were home. We weren't working. We were locked down to try to protect each other. <clears throat> the economy is coming back. It was at 238 when President Biden took over. What's happened in the last two years? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. Their campaign agenda was to destroy fossil fuel production. It's not gas companies not wanting to produce more oil and gas. It's the policies have made that almost impossible here at home. Russia, which is invading Ukraine, and one thing Bernie and I agree is that Putin sucks. So... Is that, is that the only thing you agree I, I assume you concede that point. I'm not... In favor of the vulgarity, but okay. the intent is <laughs> Putin's a bad guy. You know, there you go. I'll use the other word. The bottom line is people know when they go to the pump, it doesn't have to be this way. I don't see anything changing until you change leadership. It's not the oil companies. It's the policies that's put us out of the fossil fuel business. Summary of hope. I believe in climate change pretty obvious to me that greenhouse gas effect is real. We're going to electrify the transportation care. fleet by the mid 2030, 2040, somewhere in that time period. Most cars on the 2030, 2040. Cool, cool. So that's when we're supposed to be about 1.6 degrees. Road will be electric. Until we get there, there's no reason to drive this generation of Americans into poverty by going to the pump. You have to do two things at once. You have to deal with the economy you have today, increase oil and gas production, reverse the policies on the Keystone Pipeline, get oil from Canada. Better to get oil from Canada than it is from the Mideast. So I want more energy production here, but as we phase into electric vehicles, and we will, then we have to look at power generators, Bernie. We're gonna to have to, wind and solar are great, but they're not enough. The transition fuel will be gas. We should be sending American-owned natural gas to Europe. There are two terminals developed by Germans to receive natural gas from America. We need to unleash American natural gas production to help unleash. ourselves, but also to help our friends in Europe so they'd be less dependent on Putin. So my energy strategy is national security as much as anything else. One thing we'd agree on, if the world were less dependent on fossil fuels, who would be the biggest loser, losers? The Iranians, the Russians, Venezuela. So let's get to that better day. <laughs> that's, that's a weird sell. I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> it's not for the environment or the preservation of humanity, but it's actually, it's about really giving it to those Venezuelans, you know? Don't do it this way. You're doing it in a way that's destroying the American economy. The average American is going to be spending $500 more to fuel their car this year than last. And the inflation in this country is caused by bad policy choices. And it's not going to change until you get new people in charge in Washington. Vote Republican in 2022. Senator Sanders. If, if I could. Yeah. Uh, what Lindsay is not dealing with is A, inflation is not just Joe Biden's issue. 
you have to explain why it takes place around the world, and that has to do with supply chains, the terrible war in Ukraine, and in my view, corporate greed. Lindsay says the oil companies can't. Gee whiz, they're just tied up. They just cannot produce more oil. But apparently, they got $88 billion this year to give stock buybacks. In other words, they have the money to invest in new oil production if they chose to do that. Now, Lindsay also makes the point that, you know, we've got to move to electric vehicles, and I certainly support that. The problem is, Lindsay, we are in a moment of, what's the word that I can use? I guess the scientists use it, existential, all right? We're seeing temperature rise all over the world. That means more drought, less food production. It means more flooding. It means more migration because people around the world are not going to be able to grow the food or get the water that they need, more disease. So this is not saying, well, you know, it's a good idea to move toward energy efficiency and sustainable energy. No, we have to do it right now if we love our children and our grandchildren. And the challenge that we have is how do you do it without forcing working people to pay five bucks for a gallon of gas? I think we could do it. But it's not either or. So that's back to my original question. Do you think that the high price of gas speeds up that transition in your mind and no. worth the price that it costs? No, that's not to what I'm saying, Brett. No, no, I know it's not, but I'm just trying to get to no. how, you, how you do it. No, I think what we have got to do is, and of course, build back better. You know, he's, Lindsay's here beating up on the president all the time. We passed, in terms of the American Rescue Plan, we passed a $1.9 trillion piece of legislation which went a long way. You know, let's remember where we were in the midst of the pandemic. Massive unemployment. People, thousands of people dying every single day. And we passed legislation which said, we are your working family, you're hurting, we're gonna get a check to you. You're unemployed, we're gonna extend unemployment benefits. You're a hospital that's going broke, we're gonna get money to you. You need a vaccine, but you can't get it, we're gonna make it possible for you to get it. We're going to improve schools to deal with the pandemic. We passed that. The president deserves credit for that. But again, in terms of high energy prices, we have got to do a lot more here in the United States. But just to blame the president, you know, the Republicans were in power. You know, they had a great record. They had massive tax breaks to the richest people in this country. And I think Lindsay voted to throw 32 million Americans off of the health insurance that they have. Great record. Massive income and wealth inequality growth. So we have to be thoughtful about how we go forward. But beating up on the president is just not good enough. Well, let's try to get to something you both agree on. Um, you have voted similarly on trade issues before. Uh, when it comes to lifting tariffs on China, I assume you're both in the no category. Is that fair? It depends. If it's for solar, uh, solar installations, I would support it. We need to get more... Uh, solar paneling into this country. But I have, I, I don't know Lindsay's record on this, I have over the years in the House and in the Senate believed that the trade policies that Democrats and Republicans, Clinton and Bush, brought forth, which said that to American workers, yeah, we're going to pass NAFTA and permanent normal trade relations with China. We're going to allow corporations to shut down by the thousands in America and then move to China or Mexico. I thought then that was a disaster. I believe now that has been a disaster. Senator Graham? Yeah, I'd be very reluctant. I think the tariffs uh, imposed on China 
basically levels the field because they cheat. So one reason that Mexico decided to keep illegal immigrants in Mexico uh, until their court date would come at the United States regarding asylum is that Trump threatened to put tariffs on products coming out of Mexico. And that actually worked because of what he did with China. But back to uh, the American Rescue Plan. We worked together about $6 trillion of bipartisan spending to help with COVID. It rocked the world. A million people lost their lives, doctors and nurses. We've all gone through hell. But the American Rescue Plan, according to Larry Summers, not Lindsey Graham, was ill-conceived and ill-designed, and he said would do more to spark inflation than any policy initiative in the last several decades. This was in March last year. It, he was right. 9% of the 1.9 trillion went to vaccines and testing. Five million went to this place, and I love this place. Pickleball courts. There's still two or three hundred billion dollars left unspent. <laughs> Cut to wide shot, pan over, show everyone the glory of the building. The thing Larry Summers said about the American Rescue Plan, increasing inflation happened. The reason we can't find baby formula is our policies here, we're, we're down to two or three places in America that can make baby formula. The reason gas prices... I think I know what pickleball is. Hold on. It's a fun sport that combines elements of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. Played both indoors and outdoors on a badminton-sized court with a slightly modified tennis net. Oh, neat. But I think this is socialism. If I understand what they're saying correctly, this is socialism, right? Pickleball? are high is when you took over Senator Sanders, you took out of production 10 million, dollar, 10 million acres that were in production. You shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Your policies are leading to a surge in gas prices with no end to them. So all I can suggest to the American people, this inflationary death spiral we in is being driven by policies that don't work. And finally, have we said anything about how to control an out of control border? <laughs> is there course. a solution in the making <laughs> to control the border before it's too late? He needs, he needs to get secure the border tattooed like right here just so everyone knows like keep his messaging on point you know or maybe on each eyelid so when he blinks people can see oh yeah the border this is why when you vote in 2022 i hope you'll realize that the course we're on now is very dangerous for this country in multiple ways talk Let about it just, yes sure. I, go ahead when we talk about voting in 2022 obviously my hope is you will not follow Senator Graham's advice. I have a lot of problems with the Democrats, but they are far superior to where the Republicans are. And let me give you an example. When we talk about major, major crises, I think many leading political scientists will tell you that right now we're looking for the first time in my lifetime and yours at a real threat to the existence of democracy in America. And you know why? Because we have a former president his name is Donald Trump. He goes around the country telling people, hey, I won the election. In fact, I probably won it by a landslide, but they, they stole it. They took it away from me. All right. Now, that happens to be what we call a big lie. And yet many of the Republicans that Senator Graham are asking you to vote for are maintaining that big lie. What does that mean? It goes beyond Trump. It goes beyond the 2020 election. It means what they are saying is the entire system, you can't trust anybody. And if you can't trust the election results,
that what is the obvious alternative? We need a strong man, all right? Conservatives went to, I think it was Hungary, to meet with Mr. Orban. Yep. See who that. runs an authoritarian-type society. Next one's so in the Brazil. struggle we're facing is not Bolsonaro. just that Lindsay and I disagree on this or that issue, which we do. It is the future of American democracy and when we, whether we move to authoritarianism based on, among other things, a very big lie. Well, quickly, Guess can you what? address that, Senator? Trump lost the election. Oh, can you address that, Senator? I mean, can you say definitively the election was not stolen? Yeah, I, I voted to certify the election. There were some mail-in balloting shenanigans. Shanae? Uh, chicanery out there, but no. Sh no I, voted oh, to I said a lot of I had a lot of choices. I was going to say Shanae again. Did he run the election? Yeah. Okay. Now, what about all of the candidates out there who are trying to say that he did? Your Republican candidates that you want people well, to vote for? Well, I, you know, what about the people saying defund the police? You talk to them, I'll talk to that crowd. <laughs> I'm not going to answer what you just asked me. I'm just going to keep on talking about things that I want to talk about. Larger than micro. So here's the point. Why is he talking about Trump? Because he can't talk about anything else. <laughs> he can't tell you rationally. This is the first time he's mentioned Trump in this entire debate. That's the first time just, just now. I mean, for that claim to be true, he would have been talking about it this entire debate, no? Why there's no end to gas prices. It's always somebody else. It's the oil companies. It's the drug companies. These policies are not working center centers. Whether you like President Trump or not, he secured our border. Ah, yes, the We had the lowest illegal immigrant crossings in 40 years because he got Mexico and the Triangle countries to help us not work against us. He took on China for the first time literally in my lifetime. We were energy independent because he put in production more acreage he allowed us to drill responsibly in Anwar, and he approved the Keystone Pipeline. The Arabs and the Israelis were working together under his leadership called the Abraham Accords. We replaced the USMCA, um, NAFTA with the USMCA. So the one thing I would say to President Trump, talk about what you did. Compare your record to what's going on now. You may actually win to the American people. If you don't change who's running your government, things are going to get dramatically worse at the border. Gas so this started by Bernie saying, hey, by the way, there was this guy, you know, the president of the United States who wouldn't accept the election results and then wanted to undermine democracy by lying about how the election was stolen. And then the response is, well, yeah, but the border. I mean, he did stop those triangle countries from coming in. So there's there's that. Prizes are going to continue to skyrocket. Inflation is out of control. The policies these people are pushing are never going to work. That doesn't mean we've got all the answers as Republicans, but I can tell you right now, the pathway to socialism mm. is being paved as I speak, mm -hmm. and the worst is yet to come. Vote Republican and... I know Bernie's not going to do this, but like, can one person at one point just ask any of these right-wing people to define what they think socialism is? Just, just like on the spot. Just be like, can you please define socialism for me? And then I, I just want to hear it. I just want to hear it as a matter of public record. What exactly do you think it is? Is it thing you don't like? Is it Democrat thing? Because I think that's what you think it means. It means Democrat thing. 
2020. Well, right. You know, Senator Sanders, you chuckled before when Senator Graham mentioned socialism. Yeah, Lipschitz. And uh, you kind That's of That's exactly up. what I was going to say. Right. And so I want to let you deal uh, with that about directly you know, I socialism. I understand we can do red baiting. I guess it works among a certain part well, of the population. Well, you're a socialist, aren't you? I am a democratic socialist. Okay, I'm And sorry. the policies that I advocate are taking place all over. Oh, he thinks he just got a really big, like, soundbite there. Yeah, is this the one that's on the lindsaygram.com website right now? The one he keeps plugging is going to be that one. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So I would like to ask Senator Graham, do you think raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour is socialistic? Do you think doing what every other major country on earth does, guaranteeing health care to all people, is socialistic? Do you think expanding Medicare to cover dental care is quite socialistic? Do you think in terms of Social Security, you know, you're on the Budget Committee, we mm -hmm. just had a hearing about this. Lindsay and I disagree He's on this. Up. I think we should increase benefits for Social Security recipients by lifting the cap, which is now at $147,000. So a millionaire pays the same amount as somebody making $147,000. Lift that cap, we can increase Social Security benefits by $200 a month for every beneficiary in America. Is that socialistic? Is making sure that all of our kids are able to get a higher education. Is that socialistic? Is saying that three Wall Street companies should not control $20 trillion in assets, that we gotta break them up? Is that socialistic? Is saying that CEOs should not make 350 times what their workers make. So, you know, I understand that certain words will have an impact on certain parts of our country. But take a look at the issues that we are fighting for on every one of those issues. Lindsay, guess what? American people support me, not you. Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> the How do you solve problems? We're in the Ted Kennedy, Orrin Hatch world. <clears throat> All I can say about your Social Security plan, you want to increase benefits when the program's going broke, folks. What about back? When I was 21, my mom died. When I was 22, my dad died. At a 13-year-old sister. We moved in with an aunt and uncle who worked in the textile plants. My world was rocked. If it hadn't been for survivor benefits coming into my family, because my sister was a minor, we'd had a hard time making it. I'm 66. I'm not married. I'm part of the problem. We need more kids out there. Hmm. When 1955, there were nine workers paying. I love how he started this with, let's talk about these issues. Now I'm going to tell you my life story, and then I'm going to bring up the border, then Pickleback, and then I think we can pretty much put a bow on this one, right? ...into the system. Nine uh, workers for every retiree. We're down to three. 20 years, it'd be two. Let's do something like Ted Kennedy would do. Get Republicans and Democrats to find a way, like the Gang of Six, the Simpson poll Bowles plan. Senator Sanders, bring your Social Security plan to the floor. Okay. All it does is raise taxes. To get out of this mess, people like me are going to have to take a little less and pay a little more in. Elmo. Hey, thanks, Cheeto, for the gifted We're going to have to adjust the age one more time like Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill did. There is a bipartisan way forward. But you describe so problems, but your answer you is always the government. It's always socialism. Social Let's Security is a government all. program. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's socialism. You keep saying it. Senator Sanders, your, your Medicare for All program yeah. eliminates private sector yes. health care. It's a $40 trillion revenue increase. It will cost more to maintain Medicare for All than the entire federal government today. There has to be some sense of responsibility here. You just can't tax people into oblivion and turn every problem over to the government. Okay, Let's respond. 
and I'm glad we, it's a good discussion. Let's Thank respond. You, Brent. Okay, Social Security. And again, we had Lindsay and I on the Budget Committee, right, we had a right. hearing on it. What you forgot to tell people, Lindsay, you're right. Social Security has a solvency issue. What the actuaries say, we want 75 years of funding coming into Social Security to maintain for 75 years. What I advocated does that. Let's vote. Because it is a, let's vote on it. Let's well, vote on, for it. Voting on it. The floor let's ask the American. <laughs> this answer to everything. Just bring it for a vote. We'll see how it does. You can even bring in the Pickleback Act. I'm ready for that one. American people, whether they think it makes sense that somebody who makes a million dollars a year or $10 million a year or $100 million a year pays the same amount into Social Security, somebody makes 147000 Let's vote on it. Let's ask them. You know what? The polling has already given us the answer. Well, well, they think it is nonsense. Why are nonsense. we voting on it? I mean, All right, well, let me ask a different way. <laughs> this Senator, is fun. Senator, Holy shit. Debate bro tactics, eh? Right? Let me ask you. It is fun. Let me ask you. Because his plan, the reason he doesn't want to vote on it, nobody's going to vote on it. I want to vote on it. I'm you're in charge. Let's vote. Could I get the Senate Sergeant at Arms here? I mean, you can always flip that back on them. You could be like, hey, by the way, you keep talking about stagnant wages so can we vote on a $15 minimum wage increase because I can I get you on the record as saying that you would vote for that right now here live because uh, why, why don't we vote on it uh pickleball not pickleback no because pickleball wouldn't rhyme pickleback act it has to rhyme it has the word pickle in it ask the question this way the national debt center Sanders stands at 30 more than 30 trillion dollars yep. so it's 133 percent of GDP gross domestic product should Americans care about that yeah. is that a problem long term yes it is it is and it's something we want to deal with now what lindsay says which is the republican line social security i mean medicare for all gonna raise your taxes you know what it will but you know what else it's gonna do you ain't gonna have to pay a nickel in premiums a nickel in co-payments a nickel in deductibles and if you are the average family out there or the average small business, or in fact, the average corporation, you are going to save money. Now, Lindsay apparently thinks that people just love paying money to the insurance companies. <laughs> average family, average person in America, Lindsay. Damn, he's enjoying this. <laughs> 12000 bucks a year. Insurance companies making huge profits. So if I go to the American people and I say, hey, Brett, guess what? You're going to pay more. You're going to pay 5000 more in taxes, but you're going to pay 8000 less in premiums, deductibles, and co-payments. Now, I know he works with Fox. Maybe he can't say it. But most people would say, <laughs> Bernie, that's a pretty good deal. You saved me 3000 bucks, and you're guaranteeing Damn, comprehensive health care. Senator, I was waiting. I was wa and by the way, that's for people with insurance. Can we also talk about the millions and millions of Americans who don't have that? And guess what? What is it like for those people when you have a sudden medical emergency? Like, I, I can't imagine if I broke my finger or something, all of a sudden it's like, oh, do you want to go and see a doctor about that? Nah, I don't really have $1,500 just sitting in the bank waiting for this moment. So I'm just going to kind of ride this one out. And it's like, oh, you, you have a really serious cough. It hasn't gone away for weeks. Do you want to go get that checked out? Nah, got to be honest. Don't really have like two or three grand to pay for like an ultrasound and get some stuff figured out. I'm just going to hopefully, hopefully this one just works itself out. That's, uh, that's, that's what I'm kind of banking on. And securing the borders. Waiting for the fox. The fox. Uh, right. Yeah, I was waiting. I, I was waiting so for I it. Okay, okay. Let's see if we can get to something you all agree on. Is there a common ground on any issue sure. that the two of you can see eye to eye on? And what is that? Well, I don't know if, you know, you know... I Jeff Waldorf, uh, you know, a super famous YouTuber says, as an adult, I've only just recently got insurance through my wife's dog. I'm 38 years old. Wow. I'm on the budget committee with Bernie, and it's been a blast. 
It's been, now, listen, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, if I get to be chairman, vote Republican 2022, we're going to have a different approach. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, you got called out by Fox News for being a fucking shameless grifter. Holy shit. <laughs> can can you please stop plugging your website, Lindsay? I, I'm gonna be honest. Like I, I know you're on like home territory here. I know we're on the same team, but honestly, it's just like it's too much. Like I've got bile building up in the back of my throat. I, I, you've done it like 50 times. It, just stop, please. I'm gonna call. Uh, remember Simpson Bowles guys? Those guys. I'm gonna call him in and say, okay, what would you advise us to do when it comes to saving Social Security in 2034? If nothing changes, they can only pay 77% of the benefits because there are less people working and more people retired and they're living longer. So we all got this coming. Medicare is hanging by a thread. 2028, part A begins to, to go bankrupt. There's things we can do. Here's where I think upper income Americans like both of us, I am willing to take less from Social Security. I'm willing to have a different COLA and reshape my benefits. I'm willing to pay into more, more into Part A and B. I shouldn't be getting a subsidy because I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well. That kind of approach, Brett, entitlements are going to consume the budget. Right now, we're at 2050. We're going to have 185% of debt to GDP. Medicare and Social Security and other entitlement programs are worth saving are going to consume the debt. We're down to a small fraction of the the federal pie to run the discretionary part of government. So entitlement reform is a must for us to not become Greece. So <laughs> like talks like this to not become Greece. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about discretionary spending, how much do you spend on the military? Could you could you bring that up at one point? What would like a hundred billion dollars do for social programs in the United States? I'm sure that could like fund a ton of fucking shit. I'd like to work with Bernie to see if I can take, let's raise the cap, okay, 147, let's raise it. If you raise it to 190,000, you capture 90% of most wages in the country. Let's look at... I'm in Indiana, I have insurance for my partner and for my job, they take nearly $300 bi-weekly out of my paycheck for it. Someone else says, I haven't been to a doctor in 10 years. Someone else says, hey, do you not super glue your hands when something wrong happens? See, like, these are all fucking, these are all horror shows. This is all ridiculous. I saw someone, I can't tell if they were a troll, because it's the first time they ever typed in my chat, saying, uh, the Canadian healthcare system does not work, uh, I had to go to the US for a surgery. Uh... I live in Canada, uh, I have most of my life, and I will tell you this, I have never had to worry about a medical scare unless it involves my teeth, uh, which does suck, it involves my eyes, which yeah, that does suck, and honestly for mental health it's not the greatest. For everything else, if it's like, yeah, you break a bone, you get a very bad burn, uh, like, you know, my my relatives have had surgeries, I, I've, I've had uh, relatives who have had like third degree burns, things like that, uh, I've had uh, partners in my life uh, who have had to have like full on operations, it's a triage system. Them, uh, it's put in order of necessity, uh, and they've all at one point or another been seen. You know, Dave of the Surfs has had multiple operations on his knees. All of this that I'm describing to you, all of these things, I, none of us have paid out of pocket for any of it. Yes, we pay through our taxes and the way the system works here, but like that to me, when I hear about like all the stories of Americans being like, yeah, I'm pretty much deciding whether or not I have to choose between whether my kids get to eat this week or uh, fucking if I should take one of them to the hospital. I have to choose whether or not uh, I'm going to have to work a double shift to be able to pay for this operation. I'm going to choose whether or not I have to do this just to be able to get seen by a doctor. Like all of that, as if, if you are the richest country on the planet, seems unbelievably inhumane. I, I can't believe that. Like it, like, it just, it's cruel. It, it's an unbelievable cruel. To the benefit of whom? 
a handful of insurance, private insurance companies, a handful of the owning class, the, the ones who actually own the hospitals in the U.S. because they're all privatized hospitals. That, that, that's fucking disgusting. Uh, maybe adjusting the age one more time if we need to. Let's look at uh, having a COLA for people 80 in the lower income brackets better than what I would get. Let's shift some of the burden uh, from people who can afford to shift to some that can't to get through the baby boomers retiring. I'm really in the finding a solution to entitlement reform. I'd like energy production. We can have a lower carbon economy, but you can't do it this way. Okay, let me, Lindsay raised some good questions. Now, I hope everybody understands Lindsay talks about entitlement reform. Mm -hmm. What he's talking about is cutting benefits and raising the retirement age. Talks about mm -hmm. Simpson Bowles. I oppose Simpson Bowles because that is what they wanted to do. So here is the alternative on this one. At a time of massive income and wealthy. Can you imagine, James? Uh, sorry, not James. Uh, keep mixing them up, but. Um... Lindsey uh, Graham all of a sudden is like, well, you know, I, I got a new proposal for y'all. Why don't we raise the age of retirement to 80? If you make it, then you get all the benefits. If you don't, well, then we don't have to worry about y'all. Inequality, where people on the top are doing phenomenally well. Yes, Lindsey, they're going to have to pay more in taxes so that somebody earning the average Social Security benefit of $15,000 a year gets a break. Okay, so I think you should lift the cap completely. You'll make Social Security solvent for 75 years, solve the legitimate issue you raised. And yes, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk will pay a lot more in taxes. Well, so on the so what? Now, I want to say on Medicare, one minute. On the common ground question. Yeah. I, I didn't get it out of that answer. <laughs> well, what you got is that he sees it as a problem. I see it as a problem. All right. Medicare. I see Medicare solvency as a problem. That is why I want us to stop spending twice as much per person on health care as any other country on earth so that the insurance companies and drug companies don't continue to make huge profits. So I'd ask my friend, do you think it makes sense, Lindsay, that we have 70 million people uninsured and underinsured at the same time as insurance companies make huge profits and we spend twice as much as any other country on healthcare. Does that make sense to you? Is that a system that is worth defending? I think here's the first thing I won't do. I will not take your private health care away from you unless you want it taken away yourself. His solution to your health care problem is to take away from you the health care you have today in the private sector. There are 200 million people below 65 that are insured in the private sector. I'd like to make it more efficient. I'd like to cover more people. When it comes to Medicare, we all get in the system when we're 65. He wants Medicare for all. He's going to invite hundreds of millions of people, tens of millions of people into the system that hadn't paid a dime. Medicare is hanging by a thread now. I guess the difference between Bernie and myself is that I know there is no way in hell we're going to fix Medicare with the Republicans or Social Security with the Republicans. I've got to give some. I'm willing to raise the cap. I'm willing to get people to pay more into the system. But we live in a global economy, folks. We had a 35% corporate rate. It went to 21. We're the highest in the developed world. That was done under Trump, lowering the corporate tax rate, and that's not a good thing. 
Companies can leave America and go somewhere else. Tax policy matters. We can create tax systems in this country to drive people away. We can create tax systems in this country to incentivize job growth. All right. Final, final thought. <clears throat> Bipartisanship is the only... Is this a debate? It seems more like an elections campaign. Well, Bernie Sanders came here to kind of, I think, pill a bunch of Fox Nation viewers, and Lindsey Graham came here to promote his campaign. The only way to solve these problems, take your bills that you've put down as solutions, so back to this. put them on the floor, and here's what you're going to find. No bipartisan support. Yeah, no shit. Okay, there is a bipartisan <laughs> agreement currently on gun control <laughs> no legislation. Um, ten senators on the Republican side have signed on. Senator Graham, you're one of them. Uh, it's in formulation. The legislation is being written, but it deals with mental health, uh, advocating for red flag laws, uh, tightening background checks, uh, licensed firearm dealers. There are some specifics in there. Senator Sanders, bring you're not on flow. as of Just yet. Um, is that a common ground issue around the edges that don't deal with everything you want that, that you all can get to? Right. Look, if that bill, and you're right, it hasn't been written yet we have a outline of it if that bill came to the floor would i vote for it i'm quite sure i would does it go anywhere near far enough no it does not i mean at the end of the day Lindsay, you're gonna have to you know you're asking people to vote republican you're gonna have to ask your republican colleagues um whether or not they think it's okay that anybody can walk into a gun store go through a background check you could be suicidal you could be homicidal you gotta have all kinds of issues buy a AR. Don't know what that is. Stand by if you would. Not sure what that is. I don't think it's the NRA. <laughs> the Chinese. Well, that may not be the, the Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese. <laughs> I think it's the Chinese. That may not be the NRA, but the fact that we don't have. He just said that out loud. What the fuck? serious gun safety legislation is the NRA. But I think as a nation, and I know, look, I come from a rural state, and, and a lot of my constituents hunt, and I believe people have every right... Sorry, Senator. Okay. Apologize. You know, every right... I'm sorry. Did, what is going on, Fox News? Do you, do you not know that you're filming a live show right now? Are you trying to, like, airhorn Bernie Sanders out with construction noises? All right, before we were rudely interrupted by the speaker, um, Senator, you were making a point about the gun legislation. Look, I think it is a step forward. Uh, I think clearly it does not go far enough. And, and as a nation, and again, as I said, I come from a rural state, uh, you know, most people do not use AR-15s to hunt deer. Uh, these are weapons, these are <clears throat> military-type weapons designed to kill people as quickly as possible, to mow people down. And as a nation, we are going to have to decide whether or not it is appropriate to do what virtually no other major country does, allow somebody to walk into a gun store and buy one of these weapons and then come out and if they're suicidal or homicidal or whatever they may be, just mow people down. And the tragedies we've seen recently in Buffalo and Texas, I mean, unspeakable. I'm just horrible beyond words. So those are the decisions. I, I think this is a start, but I believe we have to go much, much further. Senator, a, a closing statement here as we're coming to the end of uh, this segment, and I was trying to find the common ground. I'm not sure we really got there, but there's promise, right, Senator? No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs>
let me tell you what I think the common ground is, what we've done in the past. Senator oh, Kennedy wow. <clears throat> worked on a... Wouldn't you agree that a certain amount of dogmatism is not only not bad, but it's a sign of progress? Comprehensive immigration bill with me and others, and I wish we'd have passed it because most of these problems have gone away. He worked with President Bush on uh, No Child Left Behind. There's a model here that works. Listen, I admire Senator Sanders. He is on message. He's got solutions. I don't think they'll work. I've never had such a hard time begging somebody to vote on their own bill. The bottom line is there are ways forward, but it's going to be a bipartisan path. That's the way it's been in the past, the way it will be in the future, and I stand ready to do that. But we need to stop this madness. What's going on in Washington needs to stop, and these people in charge need to be told no, because your family life's going to get worse unless we do. Let's talk about guns. Um, we've made some news here today. Senator Sanders says he'd be open-minded, depending on how it's written, to the package we've negotiated. That's a big deal, because it's not what he would want, to his credit. There are things in there that you'd want that we can't put in the package for different because other people don't want them. So the fact that Bernie's willing, Brett, maybe to vote for this is very encouraging to me. We'll see how it shakes out. And what happened here? You know, after um, New York, after Buffalo, and, and, and after the shooting in Texas. I got to say, I really hate this thing with like centrist Republicans and centrist Democrats, too, where it's just consistent. Like, can we just find the common ground? Can we please find the moment where we're going to reach across the aisle and work together? Can we just figure out where we all kind of like hold hands and sing? Because meanwhile, the Republican Party is it's like descending into like far right authoritarianism. And Bernie touched on that uh, ever so slightly at one point in this debate. But y'all are trying to like legislate trans people out of existence. Y'all are trying to force people to give birth against their will. Y'all are doing all this fucking draconian fascist shit. I don't understand why it's constantly like so and and where do we meet? Where where do we find common ground? Where where exactly can we both say that we're on the same team and that we're willing to work together for the American people? There's no a common comment. thing. Yeah, no comment. Very disturbed people getting guns and doing terrible things with it with them. I own an AR-15. I served in the military and I got an AR-15 with a seal of my reserve unit. Uh, if you ever have to defend yourself, maybe a double barrel shotgun at your house, if everything breaks down and the mobs come, it's not enough. We're not going to ban assault weapons. We did that, tried to vote on that in 2013, got 60 no votes. But we can do some things. We can. Didn't the U.S. do that, though? Didn't they do a ban on assault weapons and then it expired? But in that period, mass shootings from assault weapons went down dramatically and then they went back up dramatically right after it expired? Enhanced background check. Like, why does he keep saying, like, well, I mean, we can't do it because at the end of the day, put it to a vote right now. Put it to a vote. Will it, will uh, you get the votes? No, because I'm not going to vote for it. So you can't on the one end say, well, this is just not going to happen because we won't have the votes. And also, I'm not going to vote for it because I don't want it to happen. For 18 to 21 year olds, we can give states who have red flag laws money to hire more psychologists, more <clears throat> psychiatrists and more cops. We can do some things cops. on the mental health front that will maybe intervene in these people's lives before it's too late. So this package, with Bernie's support, if we can write it the right way, will get 70 votes. And that's no small thing. So I want to say this as we close. Thank you, Bernie, for being willing to be open-minded to supporting this package, because if you do... I think it will give cover on the left from people who are upset it's not enough. John Cornyn, 
Mitch McConnell, maybe myself, will give some cover to people on the right when people say it's too much. So it'd be a great thing if the Senate could come together and do this pretty soon. Final words, Senator Sanders. If I could. And again, thank you for this discussion. <laughs> the difference, the political difference, aside from all of the ideas that we disagree on between Lindsay and myself, is Lindsay keeps saying, let's go to the Senate, let's go to the House, let's have bipartisanship. I'm all for that. When I was in the House, I probably passed more legislation on the floor with Republican support than any other member. So I'm for that. But at the end of the day, there is a bigger issue, Lindsay. And the issue that we have to ask is, in fact, at this moment in history, is the United States Congress, in fact, representing the needs of the majority of the people in our country, or are they representing powerful special interests? And I think most people, frankly, whether they are conservative Republicans or progressives, will tell you, that, tell me, you. that the Congress is way, way out of touch with the needs of the American people. Now, you may disagree with Medicare for all. You may disagree with expanding Social Security, lifting the cap, whatever it may be. That's not where the American people are at. So, yeah, I believe in bipartisanship. But more important, I believe we have a corrupt political system dominated by wealthy campaign contributors. I think we've got to end this disaster of Citizens United Supreme Court decision. I think we've got to revitalize American democracy. We have to need Republicans to say Trump is not telling the truth. He did not win the election. That democracy, with all of its faults, is better than authoritarianism. So that's where I think Lindsay and I disagree. Thank you. Senator Sanders, Senator Graham, we'll have to leave it at that. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And but what about pickleball? We never saw the pickleball debate. I thought I was going to go somewhere. Uh, I would say pretty definitively that Bernie Sanders did an absolutely excellent job. There was a couple things that I may have disagreed with, but overall, I think he was really good at staying on point, sticking to the messaging, making sure that every single time Lindsey Graham was uh, trying to derail the conversation to talk about the borders, the borders. Did you know about the borders? Did you hear that there's Mexicans trying to come to America to kill us all? We have to, we have to secure those borders. We have to get rid of everything. Like, uh, pull it back and use the same talking points that they uh, they like on Fox News. You know, talking about the elites. Well, I'm going to talk about the but I'm going to point out that if we don't do something about the corporate interests in America, we're heading towards an oligarchy. It's going to be a country ruled by the very wealthy, which I would argue it already is, um, and the special interests that accompany that. You have all these giant uh, industries that have become incredibly wealthy off the backs of Americans, the pharmaceutical industry, the energy industry, uh, the healthcare industry. Every single one of them is going to have a ton of money to be able to funnel money into politics, into politicians like Lindsey Graham in the form of either super PACs or just in direct campaign contributions, and that is going to influence them. They're not going to be representing representing the people in Congress or in the Senate, they're going to be representing the interests of those corporations because they're the ones who are funding their political campaign. That is a massive problem. It's been really, really refreshing to see people, uh, you know, mostly progressives uh, and the like, try to do grassroots campaigns and still achieve victories where they're getting funding directly from the people, where they're saying we're not going to accept super PACs, we're not going to accept outside uh, corporate contributions. That way we won't be influenced by them in politics. Taking things further, I don't think politicians in America and globally in Canada as well 
should also have uh, interest in the very stocks that they may be passing legislation for or against. I think that's a huge fucking problem. I think if you have a financial interest in whether or not something takes place, such as, you know, funding towards the military-industrial complex, if that makes you personally wealthier and richer, well, that will influence your politics as well. Even if it's not directly coming from those corporations into your pocket in a campaign contribution, you're still going to be thinking, well, hey, I would still like to see Raytheon stocks go up by a lot because then I'm going to make a cool $20,000. So why not, right? Um, so I, I thought Bernie did a really good job doing that. Uh, and uh, we also got to hear the word socialism like 50 times out of Lindsey Graham's mouth. Well, that's socialism. You're talking about socialism. You just want to be a socialist. So I'm going to show you six clips. And at the end, I'm going to discuss something that this debate really made me realize. But before, but Bernie just going point by point about what he supports, about what Lindsey Graham is calling socialist or, or socialism. These, again, with the dis- he is so dishonest. Lindsey Graham is so incredibly dishonest. He knows he is full of shit. He knows he can just scream socialism and that, you know, a, a contingent of his of his base of Republicans, you know, a majority of them, are just going to be like, oh, scary socialism. Meanwhile, what is happening right now? Capitalism, not socialism. Like <laughs> the state that America is in right now, the crisis they are facing, the low wages, the in- extreme wealth inequality, the gas prices, the climate crisis, go down the list. Healthcare. The issue is capitalism, not socialism. I mean, if anything, Bernie should be screaming capitalism throughout this debate. Unless you have Lindsey Graham screaming socialism, which is not, there's nothing here, nothing. But to be fair, to be fair, that would not play on Fox News. Immediately, they'd be like, oh, whoa, is, is this guy a commie? I didn't think he was a commie. I heard he was kind of like Scandinavian-style uh, socialist Democrat or something like that. Is is he trying to do communism here? Because I'm not going to stand for that. I don't want to hear anything bad about daddy capitalism. Ooh, ooh. No, daddy capitalism must remain intact at all times. In America, currently, that is, that is socialism or, or anywhere near the idea of uh, of what Lindsey Graham is trying to put forward in terms of fear mongering around, you know, uh, authoritarian governments from, you know, 100 years ago. So it, this is so incredibly stupid. But thankfully, I think Bernie did a good job there uh, laying it out. Last clip here, and this is also on Medicare for all, but you see kind of the rapport that Bernie's able to have when he makes these kinds of arguments on behalf of corporations. But even though, they, you know, they can't argue with him. He, he's able to connect with people in a way that very few politicians can. And that's because Bernie Sanders is genuine. He's been fighting for these same issues forever. And even Lindsey Graham, dishonest Lindsey Graham, acknowledged that throughout this debate a couple of times, mentioned how he believes, you know, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I mean, he's really good at just keeping it to core issues that resonate with everyone and stuff that is overwhelmingly popular amongst the American electorate. Uh, I mean, it's not as if America is like suddenly descending towards socialism or something. They're just recognizing the problems under capitalism that are happening under the current system. And when someone offers them, hey, here's just the reality of the situation and here's how, you know, the so-called middle class of America is getting completely destroyed and eroded for the benefits of a very, very small amount of billionaires. Like not a lot of them. Like do you want the 600 plus billionaires in America to just continue to be the ruling class and be the ones that actually have all the control in both, you know, advocacy, government, power, jobs, corporation, like all of that. Is, is it worth like uh, the, the mass suffering of the rest of the population? He's a fighter for what he believes in because he is. No one can deny that Bernie Sanders is genuine because you can go back and look at clips from, you know, the 1980s and see him fighting for the same thing. So this is what helped me realize, even though I already knew this, but just even more so. That Bernie Sanders, if he has the opportunity to, should definitely try to run for president again. Meaning, challenge Joe Biden. I know it sounds crazy. He may not win. It may not be a good idea for, you know, I don't know, politically may not be a good idea. But Biden is just not, he should not run for a second term. He will lose. Absolutely. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, if Joe Biden is going to do this whole, like, I bow out, I don't want to do a second term, then, yeah, 100% Bernie Sanders should be running. Lose if he runs again. He has to step away, go away, and there has to be an open primary. So, you know, ideally, I, ideally Bernie really probably shouldn't challenge Joe Biden directly Clean in a primary mouth. because I just don't. The way the media... Lovely coconuts. Thank you for the tier one. ...media works. It's just not going to work out. But there should be an open primary. And if there is an open primary, then definitely Bernie has to run again. No one is able to connect with people the way Bernie can. Nobody is as genuine as Bernie is on these issues, who is currently in the spotlight nationally, who is able to win a primary, win an election. I just think nobody comes close. And this debate, I think, really... The problem is that Biden would not endorse Bernie. God, no. It would never go in the opposite direction. Are you kidding me? The Democratic establishment backing Bernie Sanders over uh, Kamala Harris? No, that would never happen. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically, thesurfs.tv. You'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help. And yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we are prepared to conduct many a human sacrifices in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your humble yet incompetent gestures, trying in vain to bring some levity into your life. To our lord, Trevor R., we give you thanks for this meager plot of land for us to toil away our pathetic existence. To our brave knights, Carl Wauer, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Mayred, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruben Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Jenna Tao, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy101, Anthropophojack, Saren42, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Agent NDN, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our mighty heroes off to conquest some bread in some far off land.